Alleluia. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Alleluia. Hello, beloveds, my friends. Happy Easter season to you. Welcome back to the ESF Midweek Meditation, the place for you to to find grounding and rootedness in Jesus Christ for your week. And it's a place for us to explore mystics, people who knew and experienced the transformative love of God. And thanks to them for sharing their experience that we can find meaning and discernment for our lives too. As always, we'll add a new spiritual practice to our toolbox so that we too might be transformed, that we too might experience the love of God, or at the very least, try and better ourselves in our spiritual lives during this time of disorder, of feeling untethered and unrooted during this time of physical and social distancing. I'm really excited to introduce our mystic for the next couple of weeks. Inigo Lopez de Oñaz y Loyola. But you might know him as Ignatius of Loyola. Ignatius was a man's man. Y'all, he was like the Tony Stark of Spain in the 1500s. He grew up brawling. He was the youngest of 13 kids in his family, and he was a ladies' man. He hooked up a lot, and he dueled and exercised his machismo. There are stories of him killing people and fighting folks and not feeling any of the repercussions for it because he was born into a wealthy family and he was shielded from any kind of repercussions because of his privilege. So by 18, he was knighted. He was leading battles. He was conquering. He was pillaging to his heart's content. And he was the picture of what we now would call toxic male masculinity. Let's just say that Ignatius led with his ego and his narcissism often showed, and he thought he was invincible, like most young adults. Um, That is, until everything changed. Ignatius was fighting in the Battle of Pamplona when he refused to retreat, and his ego and narcissism get the best of him, and a cannonball finds his leg and shatters it in multiple places. So Ignatius was forced into bed rest for several months. He goes home. He is bored out of his mind. Now, granted, this is a time when there's no general anesthesia and his leg had to be broken and rebroken and set multiple times in order for it to heal. And it never did quite fully heal. It, it ended up being shorter than his other leg. And so Ignatius was faced with this possibility that he might not be able to go back to his former glory. But as he was recovering, there he began to be restless. And I think he was like a seven on the Enneagram because he was just always looking for this next adventure, this next exploit. Um, what is the next 
thing that he has to conquer and do and and do it well and do it fully with lots of passion so there was nothing to do uh, while he was on bed rest except for read and he asked for books about knights and their conquests so that he could continue to daydream about what he the next damsel in distress that he could rescue um, the next battle he could fight, the next person he could kill. And and apparently the only thing to read was a book about the life of Jesus and about the life of saints, of the heroes of the church. So instead of knights, he gets saints. And instead of conquests, he gets the stories of Jesus and Jesus's ministry. And as he read those, he slowly began to notice that even though those those conquests that he formerly knew brought momentary joy and fulfillment. They didn't last. They were fleeting. And soon he began to daydream about what it would be like to do the work of Christ, of what it would be like to do the work of these saints. And those good vibes that he felt stayed. That joy remained. So enter awoke Ignatius. His awakening from this experience of bed rest and isolation and having nothing else to do but read about Jesus and imagine himself in that place of being with Jesus that he experienced a real transformation he went underwent this mystical experience and he realized that this power that spiritual influences had on his moods on his desires on his emotions and so ignatius was changed i skimmed over a lot with ignatius but we'll spend time these next couple of weeks talking more about the results of this time that ignatius felt he he wrote something called the spiritual exercises over the course of his lifetime as a monastic practice but the cool thing about these exercises are we can do them. And one of them that Ignatius did naturally while he was recovering on his bed rest while he was daydreaming was called imaginative contemplation. And so that's going to be our spiritual practice for this week. We are going to take a look at a story from the Gospel of Luke, and we're going to read it three times. I'm going to read it once for us and just listen to the words. Just let the words begin to sink in, get a lay of the land. And then at the second reading, we are going to be invited to kind of float down into that scene. Imagine we're a leaf that falls from a tree and we land in this landscape. Notice what are the noises that are happening? What is Jesus wearing? What does it smell like in this scene? What, as my dog barks in the background, what emotions are the characters wearing on their faces? What's in their body language? And then for a third reading, you're going to imagine that you are standing right there. Imagine you're standing right there in that scene. Imagine now that it's just you and Jesus in this scene. That Jesus has locked eyes with you and you with him. 
what is it that you want to tell Jesus? What is it that you want to hear Jesus say back to you? What is the thing that you need most from Jesus right now? Okay, so here we go. I'm going to read it once. We're just going to listen. We'll pause. And then I'll read it again, and I'll give us a prompt. And then we'll pause. And then I'll give us another prompt before the third reading just to remind us. I would invite you to find a comfortable spot. Maybe you're already sitting down. Maybe you're on your couch. Maybe you're in your bed. Maybe you are out walking or running. Whatever you're doing, find a place that that you can enter into this story fully. This is Luke 5, 17 through 26. One day, while Jesus was teaching, Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting nearby, and they had come from every village of Galilee and Judea and from Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal. Just then, some men came, carrying a paralyzed man on a bed. And they were trying to bring him and lay him before Jesus' feet. But finding no way to bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and they let him down with his bed through the tiles into the middle of the crowd in front of Jesus. When he saw their faith, he said, Friend, your sins are forgiven you. Then the scribes and the Pharisees begin to question, Who is this? Who is speaking blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? When Jesus perceived their questionings, he answered them, Why do you raise such questions in your hearts? Which is easier, to say, Your sins are forgiven you? Or to say, Stand up and walk but so that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the one who was paralyzed, I say to you, stand up, take your bed, and go to your home. Immediately he stood up before them, took what he had been lying on, and went to his home, glorifying God. Amazement seized all of them, and they glorified God and were filled with awe, saying, We have seen strange things today. And now for a second reading, you're invited to float down into this scene. Perhaps you're inside the house amidst the crowd. What does the person's clothing feel like that is rubbing up against your shoulders because it's standing room only in there? What does it smell like? in this crowded house, everyone listening for Jesus. What emotions are the disciples wearing on their face? What emotions are the Pharisees wearing on their faces when Jesus says your, your sins are forgiven? What do the man's friends look like? What does he look like? What is the body language that's going on in this room? While he was teaching, Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting nearby, for they had come from every village of Galilee and Judea and from Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal. And just then some men came, 
carrying a paralyzed man on a bed. And they were trying to bring him in and lay him before Jesus' feet. But finding no way to bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and let him down with his bed through the tiles into the middle of the crowd in front of Jesus. When he saw their faith, he said, Friend, your sins are forgiven you. Then the scribes and the Pharisees began to question, Who is this? Who is speaking blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? When Jesus perceived their questionings, he answered them, Why do you raise such questions in your hearts? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven you, or to say, stand up and walk? But so that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He says to the one who was paralyzed, I say to you, stand up and take your bed and go to your home. Immediately, he stood up before them, took what he had been lying on, and went to his home glorifying God. Amazement seized all of them, and they glorified God and were filled with awe, saying, We have seen strange things today. Now for a third reading. I invite you to imagine yourself standing there, you in your body as you are right now, in the midst of this scene. Perhaps everything else has gone away, the noise, the feeling, the smells, and it's you and Jesus in this place, in this crowded house, that it's just you and Jesus alone in this room and the words that he has for the paralyzed man are for you. What is it that you want to say to Jesus in this place? What is it that you need to tell Jesus? And what is it that you hear Jesus say back to you? What do you want Jesus to say? What do you need Jesus to tell you? While Jesus was teaching, Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting nearby, for they had come from every village of Galilee and Judea and from Jerusalem. And by the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal. Just then some men came, carrying a paralyzed man on a bed. They were trying to bring him in and lay him before Jesus, but finding no way to bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and led him down with his bed through the tiles into the middle of the crowd in front of Jesus. When he saw their faith, he said, Friend, your sins are forgiven you. Then the scribes and the Pharisees began to question, Who is this who is speaking blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? When Jesus perceived their questionings, he answered them, why do you raise such questions in your hearts? Which is easier, to say, your sins are forgiven you, or to say, stand up and walk? 
But so that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he turns to the one who is paralyzed. I say to you, stand up, take your bed, and go to your home. Immediately he stood up before them, took what he had been lying on, and went to his home, glorifying God. Amazement seized all of them, and they glorified God, and were filled with awe, saying, We have seen strange things today. This week, as we are all on a metaphorical bed rest, our lives being somewhat shattered by the cannonball of COVID-19 in our lives, and out of boredom, what if we imagined that Jesus is saying something to us? I love dreams and I'm, I have very vivid dreams and usually I remember them and I always have thought that sometimes we're just so busy and our minds are so occupied that the only time that the Holy Spirit can get a word in is at times of rest. So as we're on this bed rest of sorts. How will we imagine that Jesus is caring for us? What is it that you need to tell Jesus? I would invite you right now to take that time and tell Jesus the thing that you need Jesus to hear. And now take the time to listen to what it is that Jesus might be saying back to you. And now, I would invite you, because this has been a prayer, even though you may not know it, talking to God is prayer. I would invite you to say, Amen. Amen.
this has been it for our midweek meditation. It's been wonderful to be with you. It's interesting to be speaking through a microphone and not knowing what is happening on the other end, but it's been such a joy for my week to spend this time with you of not knowing how these might go and who might be listening and how these might be helping you during this time. The seeds that might get planted, the things that you might hear, the practices that you might put into your toolbox to better yourselves or become a more spiritually in tune person with with God's plans for your life. That makes me happy and brings me so much joy. And I just wanted to say I'm grateful and thank you for all of your comments and encouragements uh, during this time. As a priest, I uh, am accustomed to a life of the sacraments and celebrating the Eucharist and being physically with people and knowing, kind of having this confidence in what to do. And lately, I felt like I have no idea what I'm doing. But this has been a bright spot in my week, and I hope it has been one for you too. And I just wanted to convey some gratitude and say thank you. Tune in for the next couple weeks as we explore more deeply Ignatius of Loyola. And I'm going to be calling on some friends to help me with this, um, especially some friends who know a lot more about Ignatius than I do. And I hope that you will learn something that you might experience a deeper love of God through knowing more about Ignatius and trying on some of these spiritual exercises for size. Grace and peace to you. Be well. Wash your hands. Stay distanced. And enjoy your bed rest. Thank you.